Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Donovan Watkins podcast. This is episode eight. Thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we are here. This episode is dedicated to comedy, stand-up comedy in Jamaica, and how we might grow the industry. I have in this episode stand-up comedians who are going to give their take on comedy, on their contribution, and how they see comedy in Jamaica. Um, you're also going to hear from me and my take on where comedy is and where we can progress. Um, stand-up comedy has a rich, rich history in Jamaica, and we're going to unhurt. You're going to hear from the comedians themselves. If you're yet to purchase my book, Color and Culture, please go on Amazon right now and purchase 10 copies. Remember to subscribe to the podcast go right now subscribe share with a friend subscribe and without much further ado we're gonna get right into the episode my first guest he's a stand-up comedian and he has been in the industry for quite some time and he's gonna share with us his journey right after the break yes so my first guest is none other than the brilliant Leighton Smith. Please give him a round of applause. Leighton Smith, what's up? I'm great, man. Good evening to the listeners and the viewers. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on the Donovan Watkins podcast. I'm sure we're going to have a good time and they're going to enjoy whatever you have to say. I know they will. And they start already. Once my name is called, that is it. Leighton, you look like you were sleeping just now. Yes, yes. That's the role of the comedian. We work at night and we sleep in the days. So, Lynn, how did you enter comedy? What caused you to decide that this is a profession that you want to partake in? You watch the, the knowledge of the Jamaican people and then you realize that they, we are a set of people that we just love things easy. So, to sit and watch a play where you may have to take a 15 minutes before you get the laughter... It, people are always hesitant about that. So I, I think that for me, I would want an avenue where it's just to the point. So then I say, all right, this is a perfect thing. I would just go into comedy. I can just bring joke right across the board. You enter stage with a punchline and there you go. People start laughing. And tell us about your journey. What did you, how did you enter? Like, what was your first time performing like? Um, the church is always there. And every single person who is into entertainment, if they look within themselves where they are coming from, it started in the church. Church always have concert and you go there to sing, there to act, and that's where I started. And, and then it gradually go into high school and then from that, um, I take on the big, the big screen. So do you think Jamaican, Jamaica's comedy is more tame, as in people don't really curse a lot on stage? Do you think the church background has a lot to do with that? Yes, and and the church, and you find out that Jamaicans, they don't really read a lot. So they are coming to a show which says that your children could not be there, but then they are taking them just the same because they believe that um, it is okay. And then when they come with the children, they say one saying that, um, but they use that word there and, and kids are here. But this was on the flyer that um, it's an adult show. So tell us about your first show, commercial show. I, I am going way back now, and um, if I could borrow the word, if there's a famous politician who once said, I can't recall, but I can't say that now because I have to go, go back. I think it was somewhere up Reddill's Road, where when I just moved from the country to Kingston, then I, I, I was given the opportunity to perform at a big show where um, people of all calibre would be there, and it was a, a, a wonderful event. And comedy has moved from from stage to television to off television to on stage. Um, tell us about your journey. Have you ever been in any TV shows? Have you ever been? Um, what are the major shows that you thought helped to cement you as a bona fide comedian in Jamaica? There, Ron Gunter, uh, a very famous comedian as well. He started this little thing that is called Men Laugh. And we had about four shows of that nature. We, we travel 
with, with it around the country and out of it I think um that's where it 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 land me off as a, as a as a great comedian because people purchase the CDs that those CDs were on sale so it when Jamaicans find something nice they tell others and it was like a hot bread so everybody wanted I walked on the road they said is the man the missing on the CD you know so it was something that really pushed my career the Mina Love show but then I entered comedy bus which was a TV show and out of it um I, I it lift the standard for me where more persons would say yes he's going somewhere so tell us about comedy bus you did you win that competition it, it was a competition show right yes it was i did not win that competition. tell us about the the comedy bus itself what was it about it it was unearthed comedians and um definitely it did because you have persons like myself and ron gunter and um i don't know if i um, shibada is, is is a product of the comedy bus so in that year um 2006 we had some names just emerge and they are still in in demand as we speak now so comedy bus was there just to go around and earth comedians and groom them just the same so while we enter we were in training as how to deliver and how to um articulate and stage so it was it was well it was a good good boss it was a good boss i wish the government could take on more buses like those and put them out do you think comedy jamaican brand of comedy has a place on the international stage like a, a bt or um other major platforms that are akin to the english speakers and not necessarily the patois speakers what a question to ask because if you realize that everywhere in the world want to be like jamaica so therefore jamaican comedy is very much going wide and everybody want to sound like jamaicans want to look like us and even want to talk walk like us so that question will just answer bam yes there's space for it and people are buying into it you find persons that are coming to jamaica to even shoot their movies and to do their songs so they just want a taste of this to rock so you you are seeing the 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 development of comedy in jamaica and with social media with everything technology drives consumption um social media is now an active player in developing different comedic performers what do you say about that platform being used to create new talent and persons using it to express themselves in comedic form the world has changed so one just have to change with the world and this is a form of the change so you just get involved and work with what you have at your disposal and i think that um the social media is really helping a lot of persons yeah people are just coming with their jokes and just putting them out and then people are just identifying that this one is not just a one-off thing this one is have substance and people are booking people for shows because they meet them on social media and people are claiming their name through it have you been using social media Oh, you mean definitely use social media. And you, and you have gotten bookings from your social media? I through Facebook. People just see the, the, the product that I put out and they just comment and say, can we have your number because we need you to do this for us. And many of the, the, the shows that I have done is through social media. People watch things that I post and then they comment and say, we have to get you, we have to get you. So I would encourage everybody, use social media because if you want to be social you have to use social media some persons are saying that the so-called social media comedians are not real comedians because they didn't come up in the grind and the hustle um that you mentioned um where you had to perform at different shows what do you say about those persons who don't think they are comedians and what do you say to the social media persons um humorists who are building their brand using comedy I would say to them, first of all, those who are using it to build their brand, get a little audience with you, whatever you're going to post. So you have a feel because you will, someday you will have to shift from that avenue to stage and it, it will pose a problem when you have to move because you just doing your little thing is by yourself and you're posting it. So you don't have an audience to say, uh, that not really so strong. But then when you get them, then you can go and maneuver uh, um, both avenues, both from the, the, the social media to stage. So that, that, that for me would be a, a, 
a challenge for, for those people. But for those persons who are saying that um, they don't come through the ropes and all of that, um, nonsense, because Facebook and, and all these social media things work with likes and followers. So if you're not putting out good product, nobody will follow you. Nobody will like you. So if therefore you see persons have their likes, um, they are doing something. So it's just like you coming up um, from the regular route as, as, as a stand-up comedian and people are following you. Just the same way people are following others. And they are saying that we haven't seen you post anything the other day because they are followers. So we have to respect a man for where he's coming from. If, um, some people come from, from that side, that side, but everybody wants to go to the same place. So do you think there's a place for both to coexist, the traditional comedian and the social media comedians, as so-called? Yes, they just, they just need a proper understanding and, and learn to respect each other's um, way of entering. It's not a matter of we see ourselves as the best or them see themselves as the best. We must know that at the end of the day, we are all performing for the people. We are not performing for ourselves. We are performing for the people. Because I can keep a show at my house for myself and perform. Who pay me after that? Yeah. Um, so what? where do you see yourself taking your career next? What, do, what else do you want to do in stand-up comedy? My main dream and goal is to have my own TV show where I can sit down, flush out current affairs, interview persons, and give jokes and use things that are out of the limit to put it on stage and the Jamaica and the world because this is a global thing I'm talking about so the, the, the name will become a wholesome name like you have Bill Cosby those people so that is that is my dream to have my you own. sure you want to say Bill Cosby uh, Bill Cosby is there and he's a, he, he has done his work we're not talking about any other thing we appreciate the work that he has done we have never been there um, when he started out to know who and who was around him so we can make any accusation we know we have seen the television shows that they work very well so you wanna you wanna follow in Bill Cosby's step? Um, not not exactly in all of his steps, all of his steps. Some t steps I would um, avoid making those steps. All right. So lastly, tell me what's your recommendation for anybody who wants to enter stand-up comedy in Jamaica or anywhere in the world? Have a talk with somebody that is doing it. You just don't get up and just do it because it is very easy. Use this as a as a as a as a eye opener for yourself. If you are going to drive a car, you'll have to get somebody who drive who is, is a licensed driver or who know how to drive to put you on the road. You just don't get up and drive. Very soon you might hear say a light pole is down and your car is, is, is around. And it could be avoided if you just had somebody who has been there to guide you. So those persons who are coming up, sit with somebody and let them say no no. Because you have some people who sit with their friends and their friends tell them, why well, you're a good man, you can give joke, enough joke. But then to take it out there in the public now is another thing. So talk to somebody. All right, there we have it. That's Leighton Smith. That's our first guest. First guest on the Donovan Watkins podcast, episode eight. Thank you. We're going to go right into our next guest after the break. Yeah, so <clears throat> the the state of comedy now is where there, there's like a wild, wild west. A lot of people coming into comedy. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think they can do comedy. Um, what's your advice to, to incoming comedians who want to make this a career? Well, the first thing is I would advise comedians, stop telling jokes. Stop telling jokes. Tell stories. Um... I think that's where rich comedy happens. Stop telling, you know, she can walk in a bar and have a stock jokes where the audience can't even begin to... Can we tell jokes? Have a bright, sharp audience can start predicting the outcome. Um, tell stories. But more importantly, tell your own stories. That way there'll never be this claim of, you know, your teeth my joke. Because if I tell my story, when, I, when my story starts with me growing up with with auntie. You can't you can't tease that story. That's my story. So I said stop telling jokes. You know? Yeah you can interpret a joke in the story, but tell your stories. Tell your tell your own truth and learn to laugh at your own reality rather than trying to, to make to make up something. 
and and what the 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 bloggers and vloggers do which i think is great is their commentary is bonded up with commentary on what's happening because that's how comedy really started in the early days yeah so slim and sam would sing songs about the man with the new man down the road a while ago and then two couple of fights over over the husband cheating or whatever and they would they would walk past King Street, see that fight, go up to Harbour Street, and sit down and pan them guitar and tell that story. Write a song about it, tell a story. And that's how the stories moved around. That's, that, that's rich, com- that they were narrating reality and commenting on incidents. And that, to me, is where I think comedians should be more focused. Um, and some of them do it pretty well. Some of them. Do, do you think we're natural comedians in Jamaica? Jamaica? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're naturally funny. And we naturally frame things in very funny ways. A lot of people just wouldn't, wouldn't understand. We're, we're, naturally inventive. we're naturally inventive. We're naturally going to make up names and, and things. And we're brutal honesty about how we, we name people. We're very, very descriptive. You know, the light skinned man, the bald man, the, the sharp Wani. man, Wani. <laughs> You know, we never have. They call me Egghead my whole life. Yeah, I was called Macaulay because I was Macaulay me in the head. After Macaulay, Macaulay, that I was, I became Macaulay. At one point, my name was Chinga Chinga Sheriff. Because we playing cowboys in Indian, I want to be the sheriff. And my marina tear up, tear up, marina, and that was it. I became Chinga. And to, and those go away that way, we and we and we know. I tell people, for example, outside of Jamaica, you come to Jamaica, you gonna get called based on based on, based on how you look. You're white, you're going to be called whitey. But it's not, it's not, it's not being racist. We respond to what we see, and it's, a, it's honesty. I think it's much preferable for me than the North American pretentious politeness, where they dance around it. You know? Elitism yeah. is, is, is the pretentious politeness. Um, if it, that's why things are elite, so that those who don't know it seem awkward when they're in it. Yeah, you know, but but tell me, you know, it felt like somebody would dance around. I remember years ago, I emceed a function, and Rosman Brown, my dear friend, with the broadcaster of the broadcaster parks and art, we were both at the, the head table. She was organizing and I was the MC. And the guest speaker was a big neighbor and politician who had a big bit of snot on his nose. And <laughs> he kept saying, You tell him, I tell him, you tell him, you tell him. You tell him. We were a fit of laughter over the fact we watched him give his speech and take it and, it, and it, we watched this not move over his face. We would tell him, and we were being very polite and elitist. Cause the, typical typical people say, "Yo, you know, you know that the pain was," and laugh about it and move on. I think that you know <laughs> that kind of a classist, um, you know, decency Separate and being polite. It, it, it takes away from our natural raw Jamaican tendency to just start the truth and laugh about it. We put the fun in the funeral. We put the laughter in things that's about to be painful. And that's how we make comedians. And that's how we, we make life. That's how we survive life. How do you suggest that we package it for sale though? As part of Brand Jamaica's offering from the creative industries. Because as you said earlier, um, we don't really have an industry, we have a sector, a growing sector. If we have to stop trying to, to translate and, and, and have people be forced to... You see, we have to first of all challenge the language hegemony of, of the, the first, quote-unquote, first world. Um, and so, you know, what music has done is... Japanese and Australians and Danes and wherever they are in the world, they learn Jamaica language through the music. Through the music. There are people who speak Italian, speak no English, and speak Patois. Yeah. I discovered there that, that people in the island of San Andres, which is an island of the coast of Colombia, love Jamaican Patois. They're, they speak English and Spanish. Yeah. And they love Jamaican Patois. And and they like Bello and Blacker. I'm like, really? So a TV crew came to interview Bello and Blacker from San Andres. And they said, perform something. And then Bello performed a little thing from our, our repertoire. And they do, do one day, the, the production assistant was laughing out hell. 
She cannot understand how the fat But she said, she do it funny. What's the beta what we're doing physically? And that's how music has worked. Comedy can work the same way. Because then it becomes really and truly brand Jamaica. Where being yourself, you learn. She doesn't have to ask somebody who's Jamaican. What did he mean when he said this and so on? And, and that's how we're going to make it. Ben Amlaka went to, to perform in, in Trinidad years ago. I remember somebody came and asked me after the show, What is Hurry Goat? She heard Curry Goat and Mr. Natoli. But she was laughing at the joke, but she didn't know what that term meant. And she, she, she misheard Curry Goat. Curried Goat. Jamaican food, but just by that, by that question in her mind, she learned something about Jamaican cuisine and culinary taste and so on, and that's how the culture of Jamaica became for her accessible through a comedic, a comedic performance that she didn't understand half of, but she was becoming a part of it. She was, she now fell in love with brand Jamaica. But for that, I met a girl in Zimbabwe years ago who said. Her favorite, favorite Bob, Bob Marley song was a song that turned her on. It's a sexy song, and she wanted to know to, to sing what the words mean. And she said, This song makes her feel so sexy. And I thought it was one of his love songs. It was, um, We don't know how we are there. <laughs> she had no clue what the words mean. But it made her feel sexy. Bob Marley was a comedian, you know, on that same <laughs> album. But the song before, the song, we don't know how we and them are going to work. Yeah. It's the first song, right? We don't know how we and them are going to work. The next song, we must make it work. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> so I think if comedy, comedy is language, but also physical. And, and that physical is putting a familiar thing in an unfamiliar place, Absolutely. or vice versa. Absolutely. And that's translatable too. Anywhere, anywhere. <clears throat> because we laugh in one language. Whether you speak French or English or Papiament or Dutch or German, when somebody is hearing you laugh, they know that you found something funny. You don't, there's no French laugh or French laugh. We all laugh at him, ha ha, he he, oh ho. Right? So if the response to comedy is one language, then the understanding of it. Is a language that is that goes above the intricacies of, of what the words mean. It communicates. Like, and, and, and real art does that. Real art, you get it before you understand it, if it's what I'm saying. It communicates before it becomes translated. Yeah. Spiritually, you get yeah, it. You get and it. then your meaning and the, starts on. I'm laughing, but what did he say a while ago? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's how comedy yeah. works. And if comedy is going to be properly framed, as a part of brand Jamaica, um, brand Jamaica's offering to the world, then it has to be allowed to be itself, to be itself in all its with all its wrinkles and folds and falls and creases, and without trying to control, trying to control it and, and punish it, it and package it and, and without the, without the, without, the, without the, the subtitles, make it make it make it live. Yeah. And make the audience find their way around it in a way that would make sense for them. Um, you you recently uh, made a, a journey into Christendom. Yeah. Um, there's a brand of comedy worldwide, mm. which is is inspirational comedy, yeah. and people like Steve Harvey practice this on a large scale. Yeah. And uh, we see that working for him spiritually as a center, and he works out from that. Yeah. Um. Do you think there's a place for that in Jamaica, spiritual comedy, uh, um, spiritually centered comedy that can motivate people in numerous ways, just like it would ridicule people? Absolutely. I worship at <laughs> a church where my the church or spiritual leader uses comedy in every single sermon. Where yes, because pastors are the original comedians. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. They, if you can keep the people laughing, they're gonna fall asleep. Turn in in our Jamaican context. So, and there's a, a place for comedy in the church. The same way we have praise and laugh, praise and worship with music and dance of praise. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Which night more joyful than And bring life? glad tidings. Yes. The laughs are the place in the church. Yeah. The, the, the thing not though is that how, how do you frame the laughter? You can. You, it, the idea that it's not to make a sermon into a comedy routine, but it's to inject 
the humor in the sermon because people people learn better when they're laughing every miss lou performance every miss lou performance was a mini lecture demo was a mini workshop in jamaican history and culture every time it will perform every performance by miss lou was really a lesson in jamaican history and culture but you were laughing throughout it you're learning about language and etymology and so on so she disarmed the the opposition whilst giving information yeah and i have found <coughs> that people learn more when at the, the lecture my students are always laughing but they're still learning so that can work in the church as well it, the, the church is the role is to teach doctrine then you can reach people better by making them laugh so there's a place for, for laughter as part of the church's evangelical outreach and output there's also a place for comedians in the, the, the spiritual world and I'm, and I'm meaning not just as a Christian whatever the religious spiritual persuasion there's a place in there for comedians to, to perform to, to get people laughing as a way of as said, disarming them as a way of getting them relaxed so they are, so they are more pliable and they are more receptive to the world. A message. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. And where do you want to see comedy go? Just your personal take on... In Jamaica? Yeah. In Jamaica, I want to see numbers increase. I want to see numbers increase. I want to see activity increase. Um, went on a, on a, 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 a learning tour of, of, of LA some years ago. Um, myself and ITF and Ticket. And we, were, we could go to a comedy club every night. Every night of the week, we go to a club and see comedy. Different. That should be happening in Jamaica. We have enough comedians, not just comedians who are called comedians, but the people who are funny. You know, I did a show years ago in Westmoreland, Jamaica. They was called Westmoreland Great, and they had, at the time the two political opposition um, um, opponents, Roger Clark and Marlene Malawfort. Him, an old swagging old-time politician and she a young bright pretty lawyer politician and they were both on stage performing, performing comedy and i thought hey there's something there right they were on a stage together not together but at the same stage performing, performing, performing comedy so comedy as a rule i wanted to comedy increase beyond just the the name the framed comedians i want to say the people in parliament for example admit that there are also comedians and, and do the comedy. I want to I want to say I want to say increase performances. I want to increase numbers. Um, we're pushing it with with my company Editing National. We we have had comedy shows that pull in 1,500, 2,000 people. I've seen shows in Trinidad, comedy shows pull out 10,000 people. In Barbados, smaller island, 5,000 people. That's not happening in Jamaica yet. I think that can happen. And I want to see that happen in my lifetime. And how do you think that can happen? That can happen with... Is there one thing to... Creating a superstar probably who is relatable to all demographics? I don't know. We have to unearth new talent and we have to go... um, We have to find younger comedians. People who are in high school. We have a high school band competition now we have high school quizzes and challenges we have high school um all together sing a, a singing program a singing competition i want to say comedians in primary and high school competing for, for honor card that that way we'll be, we'll be planting the seed of this other lucrative and fun way of of doing so from from those from from that in that demographic and then make it grow but I think if it doesn't want it, that's going to make it happen money. We need to put more money behind comedy in Jamaica. We need to put more money behind comedy in Jamaica. And I'm not saying corporate Jamaica. I think government too should put endowments into, into comedy, into making comedy happen. Because comedy is a great valve and the country needs valves when tension get, get really, really high. So they should, the government should see that in life and self-interest. Keeping keep your, your your country folk happy and laughing, then they're more inclined to be productive, you know. 
Um, and maybe we could even build out a comedy guild among comedians and, and leaders of comedy. One thing I want to see happen that I've actually put people work into is to a comedy union, a union of comedians um, that will then that will then put work into ensuring that comedians have proper, proper representation, comedians have standardized fees and standardized contracts and so on. And those things can happen. But I think they're best done that that people who are not currently performing. Mm-hmm. You know? I want to... I'm happy that shows are happening, but... And I'm happy that comedians are being the business man behind it. But I'd rather see some people do the business and tell the comedians are freer to create more content and make more money. Because the comedian has to worry about being an entrepreneur now. Right. And that's that's, that's that, yeah. that's Well, hey, there you have it. Owen Blacker Ellis... Maestro Cesar. Any last words you want to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pay me for this. How much you pay me for this? Well, this will get you paid, oh. Owen. <laughs> yes. I love talking. That's our second guest on the Donovan Watkins podcast. And that's Owen Black Ellis. All right. Yes. So our next guest is Dotty Berry. AKA, what's your AKA? Yeah, my name is Shane, Shane, AKA Barry, AKA Mr. Box Cover. Cause nobody knows your real name. What's your real name? Um, Roshane. Um, Roshane. Yeah, I'm gonna, really, gonna try to keep the name there. Gonna, um, nobody know it. No. <laughs> um, is the first one? Um, it's just that thing that we keep on us every time we feel like more nervous. Oh. Yeah. So, but, but, but it's Roshane. It's Roshane. Roshane. Roshane Berry. Yeah, Berry. I'm a surname. Oh, so Berry's like a real name. Yeah, I'm a surname. A legit name. So you turn your surname. So you're really doing some legacy thing because everybody gonna remember Mr. Berry. Yes. The I'm my auntie Halle Berry. I represent so something Rush- for add to it. So Halle Berry is your aunt. Is your yes, aunt? that is a story I tell people. He's a busy man. His phone is ringing in the <laughs> middle of our podcast session. <laughs> Um, so tell us about your life growing up. What was it like growing up for you? I'd hear me just say, um, grew up, I said, grew up downtown. I'm from Rollington Town, um, what do you call it? Waterloo Road. Mm-hmm. And um, with me and my mother, and then my father, me and my father, my mother separate. And so it was just me and mommy mm-hmm. um, living for the most part from me, like three. And she gradually kind of literally start from downtown. And my, grad, my mother gradually move up to like little middle class Jamaica on Boulevard. So, yeah, I live every single place on Boulevard. I've moved over 20 at times in another three, what do you call it? Almost three decades of my life on earth, yeah. Oh, were, were there aspects of your life that you can look back now and say like, oh, yeah, I would have been a comedian then? No. Because how everything did initially start out is that me had a bookworm, so my mother was the type of said, No, fair son, I live on the street, I smoke weed or ganja. So uh, when we reach home, when I come home and smoke I just. Smoke weed or ganja? Listen, 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 listen. Is that a different strain? Listen, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But they said cigarettes. And my brain just goes, so just work with it, okay? But yes, um, so I used to reach home and, and watch Wolipa TV. And somebody always creative. I'm never really have Wolipa friends. Everything is just in my mind. So when I look back now, I realize, say, you know what happened? I used to watch a lot of talk, um, talk TV, talk show, and um, documentaries and them something there. And I realize, say, in terms of how I analyze stuff now, it did come from, from, from all of them, you know, content that they're taking. Yeah, so you call it content, which is now what you produce, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you start producing content? Hold on, answer draw away now. Come Jesus on, Jesus Christ, by the way, this thing, man, yeah. We're recording this live outside. Um, <laughs> I think I like the sound in here, but let's go where the ants not taking us up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so... How did you start producing content um, for social media? Okay, so um, story leave from I think our oh, fifth farm. They go on party and they decide to make a drink little and get a little tipsy and then went home on Facebook and start talk. Say I'm going to do a show. Cause yeah, them time they want to go old webcam. I'm just this I'm talking and tell everybody from my friends. They say make a start a show and woke up the next morning and then see the comments and everybody I say yo you should do it. So I just start put out some videos while I did I go you is Facebook friends list? Yeah, Facebook friends is something start put out little videos just a talk and then I created a, a group. And what page. were those videos about? Just talking about um 
I never remember. I was just talking about my life and as I say, yo, big up some of my friends there, man. You know, oh, me got have a fan page and I'm going to be famous one day. And all kind of story me did that talk, say, yeah. And um started UA and I did that. One of my first videos was something, I think, Spice and Pomputati have a song. So I did a Vox Pop going around the campus and I asked people if they prefer like um, Slim Girl or, um, or Fluffy Girl and who, who attend them something there. And so that's how I just um, put out the videos on my Facebook page and on YouTube as well. And that is how I started. And yeah. then how did you become a, a bona fide, accepted social media star? Oh yeah, Tessa and Chin definitely, because uh, oh, yeah, this year... I, I oh, mean, she entered The Voice. Yeah man, this year is what, 10 years on YouTube now? As a YouTuber, but I never take it serious until the year that the 2013, where I realized, say, hey Barry, you kind of joke around, you go to school, your mother comes to send for a bit of that then, and your family, you go to school, um, I do sciences, and then decide, say, you want to leave from that, go for humanities after the first month. And piss her off, and um, you leave from you leave from college you now, leave from UE. Yeah, send out application, you know, get a job. And um, the only thing where you kind of so you graduated from college, mm-hmm. what, university, what, what's your degree? language and communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever used your language and communications degree? No. Well, sometimes I look back now in terms of like linguistics and realize I create word and kind of kind of term it and helps, stuff like that. Helps. I realize, say, drop in without me even See, I realize. See, big two class instead of all Yes. <laughs> if I could, uh, yeah, I wish we did just go go start work and then think about exactly where I want my career for go and then um, go to UA. But I just saw it go. Um, so leave from school, I never did, a, um, never did a get a job. And then so I just did home. I'm a father, I had a Portmore. And I have the free time. So I just decided, say, I'm going to just spend 2013. I'm going to make a vow, say, if I'm in 2013, that is it for me on YouTube. So from January, I just start to put out video, video, video. That's video. I mean, do everything. From, from it mean like, I start review song. Me, me do one something about Rosie and I did up wear one wig. I start to every single thing, but I try to find my voice. But I couldn't find it. But it wasn't until um, in a September when the year nearly done. And I saw the video with Tessan and I want 50 year old woman I compete you know, in the first round. And see him so I look on the video, it's like ear one voice, a box cover. And see him so I just run go home now and I start write, write down little stuff. And that was that. I do the video and the video go viral like in you know, a couple hours, 30,000 views like in you know, three hours. And, How many yeah. followers do you have on social media now? Um, All across. Like total, yeah, just give me a like, um, over 100, um, 100,000 100, on Instagram, um, so it's 128,000 to be, exact. yeah, and fun. Some of the is almost 150 now on YouTube, and um, I got my collect my little play button the other day, so I'm really glad for that. Play um, button, what's the play button? Play button is what YouTube gives is an award that you get from YouTube once you have attained over 100,000 subscribers. Oh, yeah, so, so yeah, you have more than 100,000 subscribers, yes, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of feel bad coming. So, suppose I'm really committed to it from yeah, when they start YouTube, like I just started the start. So you gotta shout out our podcast on your YouTube, all right? Of course. Donovan Watkins podcast and your YouTube yeah Brandon name too what's your what's your Dot, YouTube the Dutty Bear show the Dutty Bear subscribe to the Dutty Bear show yeah um how do you what's your what has been your experience like moving from comedy online mm-hmm. to live on stage um here's what I respect every single stand-up comedian and I'm not one of them who decide say um hey because they do it online they can't just carry it go um on stage in front of people so me know and my manager me because both it already must say I've never, <laughs> I've never gone on stage and speak in front of people before until Dutty Bear was a thing. And so the first thing was IT and Fancy Cat show when I did, um, I did go up, I'm go up on the stage with, with literally I'm go up there with some cue cards. Because at the first, actually, at, you know, I talk, I'm going to tell him, say, no, I'm a mother, I'm, not, I'm a father. Yeah, I just uh, interviewed Blacker who spoke about that when he approached and he said he didn't want to. Yeah, man, I said, like, no, because as much as all oh, my boss know, like, if you, if you know me, I'm very much of an introvert. I don't even like, make eye contact and stuff. It's very kind of awkward for me until I'm in the space there where, you know, I just me and my computer and, and the camera. And so... um what I've been doing now is just kind of... I've been like flirting with the idea, do I want to stand up? Because I realize you have to be very authentic and very comfortable with the audience and comfortable on stage. I'm going to really reach just a yet. And so... Have you done shows? Yeah, man. I've done stand-up about seven times and I've only had like really one, one real bad. But um, the feeling when I come off, I feel very... I don't know what I do. Like, I come off and even though I feel like I get little laughs and stuff, I still know... You know, like when I do a video, I put it up, I can not even need to look on the comments, them. I can just know, say, yeah. I do something, I know, say, by the end of the day, I'll get like 30,000 views. It's stand up. 
I feel it happened immediately. Yeah, and then you go up there, like you literally go up there for make somebody laugh. And so if an attend if you go up there for five minutes and you know say one person crack a smile, me will spot out the person. Me could have said ten people are laugh. And if I make eye contact with the one person when I laugh, immediately it start. Affect yourself. Yeah, it starts affect me and then it just change my energy and me I say, why the one person there? But yeah, the one but, person. But many people go through that phase in, in building their stand up career. Yeah. Where, where you're lucky because you're living in a time now with social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but many people go through that process. Um, so, what do you want to do? What, how do you see comedy in Jamaica evolving? Do you think the social media comics will be separate from the traditional comics? Or do you see it becoming one thing together? Where I mean, where social media comics obviously have the numbers um, and the, the traditional comics have the, the on-stage craft and talent. How do you see that coming together? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, I really, here's the thing. Say, uh, we have a new school and you have the old school. And I, I don't think nobody really have meeting at the middle. Um, right about now, I think I've, 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 um, I've talked to Michael Abrahams at one point. He was the one that said, you know, say, what you do online if you really spend some time and develop it, it could be very good, like if you'd be a live um, performer. I'm going to say, okay, so Michael Abrahams, um, Christopher Johnny Daly, um, they've kind of expressed and them have them thing where, you know, you can really kind of go to them and them, um, Johnny have him 100 um, live show, comedy show, where you can go there and you can, you know, get little tips and stuff like that. But for the most part, I think a lot of the youngsters, them, they don't really know that there's a comedy scene in Jamaica or them not really a research because if you're born there's a there's a school for thought we say yeah if my born nineteen ninety me not expected for no nothing we're going before that. It's just what going after that like yeah me never born comes here so no. I'm the type of person I wanna know who did the boat before, who said the groundwork and so you have to go out there and, and don't think so stand up easy. So that is why me not own I don't own the thing stand up comedian. Because me can come out tomorrow and say, yo, me a 100 meter athlete if I know seminar run under 11 seconds. Me have to know something reach on a certain level before me what can What would you add call that. yourself? I consider myself an entertainer. But I consider myself um online entertainer, a vlogger, I'm try to own vlogging because it's a new it's a it's a, it's a, it's a and new you're thing. You're good at colonizing that. Yes. And so I want to enter the, 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 the comedy space, but more make sure say when I do May, may at least meet the criteria and the standard of um, the people them who really have been repping it in Jamaica um, for the um, for the, what twenty odd years plus um, no. Mm. But you think there's a space for you to create and carve your niche online and then work from that outwards? Yes, because people want to see you within the audience. Kind of want to see you within them used to you. So it's just like you you Wendy Williams did a similar thing the other day. And um, she never need to necessarily go into a, 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 um, a what you call it a comedy club because she already have her audience there. Them kind of know her personality, and so she can just do a show and just talk about her story. Them and you know she will get a laugh them because people know the Wendy brand, so they might go judge her off a off a different standard. You know, um. so storytelling, which is an ingredient of stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. is part of your the element of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, appearances so, so there, there's a commonality there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just about finding the, the balances um my final question is yeah where do you want to go where, where are you going with your career here's the thing at one point me decided just they want um you know be a household name in a jamaica and i think i kind of achieved that so that is set out for that like two years ago and i think i reached there so now and now me i think caribbean and beyond that where um people kind of sit out to be already but then there's another side to me that can get like um, one of the level of intellectual <laughs> where I think people are so I'm trying to figure out do I drop that to you know but what I want to be is myself from here from here 12 years old I never said I want to be a doctor lawyer and them something I said I want to be a nation builder so whatever it is that I'm doing I want to make sure I say you know when 50 years pass well before that I can go up there and I collect me like a award from a governor general something in a YouTube because that would be a new space so like yeah, yeah I want because years I, ago there was no such thing yes YouTube, and so that is my big aim for whatever I am doing say yeah I want, if, if it's talk show but I want to make sure I say Dotty Berry and um, a cultural emb- um, and, and Jamaican cultural ambassador are just two in one yes you think one I want to be if Miss Lou did for ban in a 1989 should be you exactly, <laughs> and so at some one facility, I said, like, yeah, if Miss Lou for band now, as probably a same social media on YouTube as a box cover, and yeah, Papa Jesus and them something, yeah, yeah, so that's what I want, man, a, a cultural icon. And what do you say to the people who are saying, 
um, stand-up comedians are the traditional people mm-hmm. and the YouTube people should stay in their lane. Oh yeah, but they kind of saw one post the other day on how him. We talk free here. You get yeah, it. no, yeah, Johnny Daly. Um, Johnny Daly, let me put up a post the other day because I was on the, I was hosting the show. That's all the reason I went to the show. Look, I'm this side say, me not stand up. Which show? Which show? Um, major high, major high perform. Okay. Um, yeah, man, he was at JC and we come doing for the comedy tour. And this so this show with you, major hype and quite, and quite Perry. Perry. All so, three, all three social, social media, media something there. Yeah, and so um. You know, but get approached, I'm going to say, hear what? Right now, I'm still unsure about my stand-up comedy. But hosting, I'm comfortable there. So that's something yeah. I'm, I'm good. So I was like, okay, I'll host the show. And, um, you know, quite pretty this thing, major hype went on. But then afterwards, no, I, I, I remember... I remember, you know, I see Johnny put up a post saying, you know, some people must stay in a million and, you know, the vloggers, them for Ray, 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 what I need for, you know? And so I was just like, boy, I really like the tone here, I don't know what's going behind the scenes. But here's the thing. Um, yeah, I forgot you that. I talked to Michael Abrams and him say, if you are, if you want to stand up, you have to go through the time the way you get your bashing. You go, you go, you're not going to be so awesome at first. You, go, you know, you know, you're have your little moments of silence on stage, but you're going to overcome that. That's how you learn. Because and so, everybody did go through there. Everybody did go through, but just them never have them social media. Somebody can go, you know, go put on stuff. So I don't want it to seem this hit, but I understand it. Say, you know, you're coming new, you did do your thing, and some might get more money than you, or might get more um, sponsorships and stuff like that. So I can't understand how you might, how you might feel away. Because me, I get it too. No, because I'm like where you consider like an older social media person. Because when the people coming up after you, yes, like, no, we are just like you're a dinosaur. One, when me start, yes, when me start out, no, me a YouTube, and then at some point in the middle of my career, no, I realize nobody not check for YouTube. I wonder how my views them are go down. So everybody reach my Instagram, no, till till til, til, yeah, I'm, I'm fine till at one point, no, when Mr. Prince Pine come up, no, me stop the YouTube. Cause me I try to do like a 15 second video them when I know my thing so me I do like oh when they mother come home no when you have to run gosh things them my video them mm, suck never nope never go on with that thing because I was trying to fit into that space without and at some point it kind of hit me and said like yo Stick nobody to is you know. listening to them for like beyond like 15 minutes like people will watch me for like longer than yeah. like two minutes and that is something I'm gonna have I'm gonna need to just make sure it's my own that and just like run with it and so it's about colonizing a space exactly and, and so that is what I want to say like for them you know stand up G- hats off to them because a year is them doing so them know if interact with people them know if improvise them can just think about stuff um off of the top of them head and that is why you know um you meal forever like celebrate people like pretty boy fly and um john daly and the whole of them because me see them come do it at lemon them set the thing and so it's not a case where you know like oh why do i get this why may i get that come together and so what me i try for the know is hopefully kind of bridge the gap <laughs> more bridge the gap more hold the, the younger um social media people them hand and then hold up the 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 the, the bigger the, the bigger man them and just like hear what how can we start to collaborate so up until now after mr johnny put on the poster me i think about reach out to him and do a video with me do a video with oliver at some point in time and that is a more for the more for just bring the two world them together because best believe say some of them young comedians there if them ever see how um like the the stalwarts them like and hold a show and whole crowd as much as they might have the presence on social media they might go be wow they might go be impressed and be like yo hats off to them and maybe learn. those so-called stalwarts need to get in tune with social media mm-hmm. because anything you're trying to sell is a numbers game exactly the highest number will be mm-hmm. the one who corporations will look to um mm-hmm. to sell their products yeah know? that's true so there, there needs to be a sharing that happens Mm-hmm. That is that is that. So this year is all about collaboration for me. That's why I try to work with as much um, social media influencers as possible. But yeah, I like the little the little thing we're going to the you know the you know the um the the, the scene right now where it is the vloggers versus the the actual stand up comedians them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that that. No, I rightfully so. So there you have it. That's Dutty Berry on the episode eight of the Donovan Watkins podcast. Big up, Dutty Berry. And the last thing you want to say? Box cover, make sure that you follow me on social media at Dutty Berry Show up and yeah, all over the place. And big up, Danavon. <laughs> yes, and I'm going to send you my podcast to put on YouTube so that I get some of your 100,000 subscribers. Sure, definitely. <laughs> but you have to say a box cover first. Box cover. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's one like Mustafa from Lion King. Jesus. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Dutty Berry. Yeah. Big up. So that's...
the standstill of comedy in Jamaica compared to other countries and cities in the world. And having only seasonal offerings, um, comedy sometimes become a limited experience for many. Uh, the island's history of stand-up comedy dates back to community storytellers, you know, and, and it evolved out of that, helping to heal the community. Miss Lou and Mars, Ron Bello and Blacker, they all made their mark in, in their time with the available platforms, and, and those traditional comedians were focused on using their humor to unravel social problems. And, and they have a different conservative way of pushing comedy than what's happening now. Currently, there are only a few shows available for comedians to develop their craft in Jamaica, and those shows are often planned by the comedians themselves who double as entrepreneurs. Yeah, and stand-up comedy, like all the other sectors, rely heavily on corporate support. Without corporate support, many of these shows would not happen. And corporate support is an interesting thing because it's really based based on the value that a comedian bring or comedians can bring for corporates to associate their brand with a comedic show or a comedian. Although most traditional comedians in Jamaica have squeaky clean reputations, so they don't really worry about that, but their conservative nature appeals to, to some corporate entities because corporations like to bet with the safe bet um, but some entities still find it difficult to support local st- local stand-up comedy because of the value that they could get in other sectors so a stand-up comedy show will hold between a thousand and fifteen hundred people um, they could get three times that with a dance hall show um, and a dance hall festival um, for probably the same amount of money. Um, in Jamaica, there are under 50 practicing stand-up comics. This includes the online performers. And the shows usually rotate these same, the top 20% of the comedic performers or they import overseas people to justify ticket prices. So that really means that 80% of comedians in Jamaica are unemployed. Um, and that's really a, a figure that applies right across the arts, um, in the performing arts, dance, drama, and even music. Um, many people are unemployed and they have to either start their own or just stay unemployed. <coughs> um, recently, a, a seasoned comedian called me to express his dissatisfaction with internet humorous performing on live shows and his reason was that they're taking up the space in the market that he would rather see filled with so-called traditional comedic um, stage groomed acts and he was clear to differentiate that those acts who started online coming on stage uh, it represented a backwardness to the sector because he believes that he's the leader and you know for whatever reason he wants to see it go his way. And the online comedians are not performance comedians. And, and they might not even be as funny in front of a live audience. But a joke is a very subjective experience. And like other industries, whenever newcomers enter the marketplace, it's going to disturb the status quo. It's going to disturb those who have been part of the sector for a long time and they'll have to adjust to a new normal so whether or not his sentiments are true the audience will determine who's funny audience always have an honest perspective when it comes on to the comedy because comedy is a subjective experience and to be fair the online comedic performers it's not that they have stage fright they just have interest in other platforms and dimensions of expressing their art. And for the most part, they focus on using the World Wide Web as their audience. They, they're not catering to the seasonal shows because the internet is available to them daily. And they can push out their brands and their content daily, as Dottie Berry said earlier. And the result is that 
they get endorsement deals, they get appearances, and they represent major brands locally and overseas as ambassadors and endorsers because they have the numbers to show. And as I tell you, corporations are focused on numbers. They're often booked to host even non-stand-up comedy events. They make appearances with massive crowds and they get paid even more money than the traditional comics. And, and we've seen the advent of many persons who create their videos and it gets shared by P. Diddy, French Montana, big international superstars. Um, the Jamaican content is appealing to them. And they, they are doing their one-man shows. They're doing their appearances, um, taking it from the internet to the stage, whether anybody likes it or not. And that might be the progressive growth of stand-up comedy. It's not for any one person to say they're going to fix it and put it how they want to put it. Um, <clears throat> last weekend, a, a major hype who's a comedian had his show one in Kingston and one in Montego Bay. And he took his one-man show that he has been taking and promoting all over the world to Jamaica. And he got as far... I wasn't there, but I heard decent crowds came out. And most of those stand-up comedy shows have... you They usually have five, a variety of acts, traditional acts. And this show was promoted as major hypes are you dumb tour and the people came out so that's a new formula for jamaicans to to brand themselves on the show's flyer major hype only had himself dotty berry and quiet perry between the three of them they had 1.2 million followers on instagram alone and they're all jamaican performers who represent for a new generation of brave and disruptive comedians who are just placing themselves in strategic places so that they can build their brand and they're very uncensored they're not like the traditional comics who are thinking about the conservative expression that comedy has been known to they push the boundaries of storytelling and they're not afraid to tackle taboo topics that jamaicans are traditionally afraid of major hype has one skit where it was a gay burglar intruder a gay man who wanted the people to take off their clothes um i've never seen this happen in a comedic space before and that that takes a lot of bravery to deal with different topics in a comedic form without um coming off as corny and, and not connected to the culture um, and the transition of these breakout comics into performance and live shows further solidifies the increasing need for traditional comedians and everybody in the industry for that matter to build a presence online build a a, a wider internet presence that goes beyond their home uh, the, the comics with over 500 followers obviously have international people following them you know and it shows in, in how far their videos are able to go um, digitally and comedy's power in Jamaica and comedy's power in Jamaica is uh, is currently not where it should be because comedy requires growth and for comedy to grow in Jamaica the comedians must rely less on corporate sponsorship and place more focus on building their own brands their own career their own voices to be influencers. If they do that, they will have a bigger bargaining power when they get to the negotiating table with these corporate entities. Um, if they don't, they're gonna just always be almost begging somebody to help them to put on a show. There have been instances when corporations came on board and, and include comedians in their marketing strategies and reaped tremendous success. Reaped tremendous success. Um, years ago, um, Lion came on board and signed four comedians and, and saw increase in, in their subscriber base after they signed these comedians. Um, and they had these comedians on billboards, um, television, radio, doing all their advertisements. I, I believe this was the first such 
signing with, with so many comedians and, and obviously it worked because Lime renewed the contract with those comedians for a couple of years. Um, other corporations like Rare Nevy and Tasty Cheese, they've capitalized on, on what Jamaicans already knew and that is that Jamaicans love a good joke. They love the jokester. The jokester is who we look to, to explain things and to ease some of the pain that the people of Jamaica feel um, from day to day and they understand harsh realities and solve problems best when the messages are communicated using comedic satire. The best comedians I find have their own messages and they use humor to carry those messages. So it's not just about giving a joke, it's about having a message, having a story, as Blacker said, and they use humor to carry that message. And this is what the online comics and traditional comics all have in common. They know how to tell a story and carry that message. And the ability to solve problems and explain the complexities of, of society um, is what corporations want. Corporations want that unique thing that communicates with all a wide cross-section of people and they can value that and package that in ways that will help them to build their brand Um, and corporations will come and and sponsor them and help them to build you know and they too can even put out products that is not about sponsorship but about reaching the most people like their shows and whatever and you can see more shows happening. The traditional comedians who are worried um, and, and feel threatened about the newcomers, if they are truly good at their craft and flexible in their approach, um, because new comedians will stand out if they are um, flexible and you know, they can become social influencers both the old and new comedians can become social influencers if they remain flexible and continue to hone their craft they don't have to worry about anybody taking them space nobody can take what is yours it's the power of language and timing and cultural awareness and being able to pull huge audiences that is what will make you stand out not by trying to control the industry that you didn't make you come and see the industry you are making your mark while you're here and we will all leave it because life evolves life will evolve there are children in high school coming up now who have talent who will take your places your only duty is to do your work and move on and with persons now checking their social media even more than they're watching television um unless you have a, a social presence it's going to be difficult to reach the, the new generation consistently because you have to consistently upload funny content that appeal to them and appeal to large audiences. If you are not using the, the platforms available and your only platform is the stage, you might be hustling backwards in the stand-up comedy game. And one major difference will always be between those who organize themselves by gathering the knowledgeable people, the well-connected management team and the marketing team and monetize your brand, monetize what you do, monetize how you do it. Those are the people who will be the difference makers. If comedy is practiced without the highest commercial return, guess what? It is a hobby. It is a hobby. Unless you are getting the highest commercial value return according to what you are able to build and value yourself. Stand-up comedy is news. It is storytelling. Stand-up comedy is therapy. And and most of all, stand-up comedy is a business. Comedians like Kevin Hart, they use both social media and live audiences to build their global brand. All these people with Netflix specials, they have social media and live unlocked. They're not complaining to nobody. People coming to them. 
And for the online humorous to grow, you need to practice your technique too. You need to practice your timing and master your craft. Because if you don't do that, when you go in front of the audience, they're going to let you know. And they're going to make you know by not showing up first. And if they do show up, they're not going to show up again. Just like the traditional comedians need to optimize their platforms. So it's a shared thing that needs to happen. Each one needs to learn from the other if they need to grow. In the 1990s, companies like Kodak and Blockbuster were major, major companies. And now they're irrelevant to young people because they do not adapt to the times. They did not see the change coming. Kodak didn't know that Instagram was going to take over the place and people are not going to use cameras to take pictures again. And digital was going to be the thing. They, they were working with what they have and now they're obsolete because people are using their phones to take pictures. So the growth of the local comedy, com- comedic sector require comedians to look where the changes are happening in the industry and set up performance spaces there. Technology drives change. Culture drives change. So the comedians have to set up performance spaces there. They can pull all their available resources and, and everybody have resources. And they can use their star power for those who have star power. And add the modern technology. And, and then they'll be ready to, for competition at a higher level. If they can't do that, if they can't curate followers, add their resources, add their talent... And, and pull people, the industry is going to stay where it is with the same audience coming year after year to see the same jokes and the same people. And that does not signify growth. In order for things to grow, you need more people, you need more attention, you need different platforms and bigger platforms for persons to play. So whenever there's a visible increase in the demand for Jamaican brand of comedy internationally, I think investors will come, audiences will come, people will invest more in the sector, including the government. There's no need for, for each one to be bickering against the other. Unite and lead would be of greater benefit than to divide and conquer. The niche being carved by online comedians should be seen as adding value to the overall creative industry, not taking away. Expanding the market means there will be a bigger market share for every performer who is prepared for that international stage when it comes. So, continue to give your joke. Love and light. Ha ha ha.